The Holy Gospel according to Matthew in the fifth chapter. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of all the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. And let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and our minds be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When Jesus had seen the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came over, and he began to teach them. And our gospel text today is part of that teaching, one of Jesus' most famous sermons, what's been called the Sermon on the Mount. We're ten verses into this sermon that begins in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, and stretches through the end of chapter 7. And Jesus has just spoken about the unlikely people who in God's kingdom are blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn the meek, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are those who are reviled, persecuted, spoken falsely about for Christ's sake. And after these words of blessing, Jesus continues to teach. To instruct his closest followers amid the larger crowds with the words that we just heard from our gospel reading. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And as we listen and learn from Jesus' teaching this morning, there are a couple of things that will help us hear more clearly the instruction Jesus gave his earliest disciples and gives us today. Many people in southern states understand something about the English language that folks from other parts of the country just don't quite understand. In English, when I am talking to one person, I say, you are the best. And if I'm talking to multiple people, I say, you are the best. Did you catch that? It didn't change. 
Yet folks in the South say, y'all. And really, it works quite well. Y'all go see the collab dance at Forest Roberts? Or y'all come for the Psalms class on Wednesday night with Pastor Allen? No one gets confused. Everyone's included. And as it turns out, there are other ways to speak this plural in English, too, depending where you grew up and where I've lived. Perhaps you say yins or yuans or you guys or the youper yous guys. Or if you're from another English-speaking country, you might say you lot or use. But regardless of how people say it, they're trying to capture a way of speaking in second person to a group of people, to a collective you. And unfortunately, the biblical translators didn't use any of these informal ways of speaking, so we miss an important aspect of the Sermon on the Mount. Because you see, throughout this sermon, Jesus says, Y'all, Jesus isn't just speaking to a group of individuals gathered before him as if they're alone. He speaks to them as a collective y'all. And he speaks to us as a y'all as well. Jesus says to his followers, followers, y'all are the salt of the earth. Y'all are the light of the world. Y'all are. Y'all are. It's an interesting phrase. Jesus doesn't say, y'all need to become, or y'all should try to be, or y'all should act like, or y'all should do this or that. Jesus simply says, y'all are. Jesus tells his disciples who and what they are. Jesus gives his followers their collective identity, but what identity is that? What is it that Jesus says his followers are? But before we even answer that question, I want to make sure we don't miss something, that Jesus is the one proclaiming this message. Jesus, the one who was the epitome of the existence that he describes. Jesus, the one whose identity never conflicted with his actions. Jesus, the one who says the sermon, who lives the sermon because Jesus is the sermon. Jesus, who in a Nicene Creed says, is light from light, true God from true God. Jesus, the one who loves us, forgives us, and frees us to be the kind of people he says that we are. Jesus is the one who makes it possible for these y'all are statements to be true. Makes it possible to take these words seriously and to hear them as the gift, as the grace that they actually are. Jesus says, y'all live in right side up in an upside down world. Y'all who are my disciples, y'all who are my followers, y'all are the salt of the earth. Now, what does it mean for Jesus, his followers, to be salt? Is it good or bad? Wouldn't we rather be sugar? Wouldn't it have been better if Jesus would have said, y'all are the sugar of the earth, a spoonful of you makes the medicine go down? You make life's hard things a little better, a little sweeter? I know the time that my grandmother filled a sugar bowl with salt by mistake... I'd really wished it wasn't salt when I put it on my cereal that morning. But Jesus says, y'all are the salt of the earth. So what about us being salt? Well, salt is useful for many things. In the Old Testament, it's associated with worship. In Leviticus, priests offered salt with their grain offerings as commanded by God. 
In Numbers, salt is a sign of loyalty and faithfulness to the covenant. And in 2 Kings, Elisha purifies bad water by putting salt in it. Salt is an offering to God, a sign of loyalty and a means of purification. And just as salt is each of these things, so are we for the whole earth. Y'all are the salt of the earth. Yet there's more to salt. Anyone who's familiar with cooking knows the critical role of salt. Salt seasons. I know you've all probably had your experience where your potatoes were just a little bland and then you add a little bit of salt. Or maybe the cookies you just baked didn't seem quite right and then you remembered, oops, I forgot the salt. Salt seasons. And just as salt seasons, so do we for the whole of creation. Y'all are the salt of the earth. And salt serves other purposes in food, too. Salt can be used to preserve. Before refrigeration, people salted meat to preserve it. By putting salt on the meat, the moisture inside was sucked out, and bacteria couldn't survive in it. If meat was salted when it was cold enough that it didn't spoil before the salt could take effect, salted meat could last for years. Salt preserves. And just as salt preserves, so do we for the whole of creation. Y'all are the salt of the earth. And salt can help bind, too. Salt is included in bread dough to help the structures of the gluten making loaves prettier and helping them not crack and hold their shape. Salt helps hold things together. Y'all are the salt of the earth. Now, Jesus also says, y'all are the light of the world, or more literally, the light of the cosmos. And I wonder, too, what that means for Jesus' followers, to be the light. Jesus says, a city built on a hill is not able to be hidden. Light as the city can be seen. Jesus smashes together two metaphors, light and city on a hill. They're seen, and people are drawn to them. Light like the city is a witness to God's reality in the world. And this light, like a city, cannot be hidden. This light is effective, it's seen. Y'all are the light of the cosmos. And then Jesus gives us another way to understand light by talking about a lamp. To state the obvious point, lamps light up rooms. So it makes no sense. It's foolish to light a lamp and then put a basket over it. Covering the light of the lamp not only destroys the effectiveness of the lamp, it also lends itself to disaster. Imagine putting a flammable basket on top of an open flame. It's not a great idea. But instead, lamps are placed where their light can brighten the whole house. Everyone in the house gets light when the lamp is put on the lampstand. Light helps all people to see. Y'all are the light of the cosmos. And Jesus gave those examples, but I wonder what else light does. Jesus said light illuminates rooms not everywhere, just there. Light also reveals the things that slip into the shadows of obscurity are made known in light. I think of the game Sardines that I played when I was in youth group as a kid. I've talked about it before. The premise of this game is one person is the hider and everyone else seeks. And once you're found, the hider, you know, once you've found the hider, you hide with that person. But the general key of this game is that it must be done in the dark. 
Because if someone decides to turn on the light, the whole game is ruined because everything is revealed. Light reveals. Y'all are the light of the cosmos. And light also enables us to bask in the beauty of God's creation. If it were not for light, we wouldn't see colors. Perhaps you remember from science class that what seems to be plain light actually contains all the colors of the spectrum. I'm sure you've seen light pass through a prism or through a raindrop and create a rainbow on the ground or in the sky. Light contains the colors that make a dark and gray world pop with the brilliance of the rainbow. Light shines God's multicolored beauty in the world. Y'all are the light of the cosmos. Light enlivens the beautiful. But it also blinds. I'm sure each of you was told at some point growing up not to stare at the sun. Even when there's a magnificent solar eclipse or an amazing sunset, if you stare at the sun, the light can blind you. You may remember Saul's encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Saul was rounding up the people of the way, Christians, to put them on trial in Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he encountered a great light that knocked him to the ground. And after this encounter with Jesus, Saul was blind. Light blinds with the brightness of its truth. Y'all are the light of the cosmos. You are the light. Martin Niemöller was a pastor in Germany during World War II, a leader of the Confessing Church that challenged Hitler in the perverted notion that Nazism was somehow based on Christian principles. And Niemöller preached a sermon in 1936 just before being arrested about this text, about the picture which the Lord Jesus Christ holds up to us. Ye are the light of the world. We hear these words Niemöller preached and are reminded by them that we worry about something that ceases to exist in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. What are we worrying about? It's not your business to worry about whether the light is extinguished or not by the wind. We are not to worry whether the light is extinguished or not. That is his concern. We are only to see that the light is not hidden away. Our job is to assure that the light is not hidden away, that the salt doesn't lose its saltiness. In the face of the wind or rain or anything else, we are only to see that the light is not hidden away. Illuminating Nazism might be an extreme, it might not. Yet we've been blessed with a countercultural blessing that gives us the only credential that we will ever need. We needn't manufacture the light. God does that. We needn't look for opportunities. God provides those. We simply need to be, to live into the vision and vocation of who God calls us to be. Y'all are doesn't say, you could be light if you just tried. It's not, you might be salty if only you did this or that. What we believe is that we are light. We are salt. That Jesus calls us to be light and empowers us to radiate and illuminate and shine. That y'all are the light of the cosmos. That we are called to be ourselves salty, radiant children of God, beloved y'alls. We're called to be agents of reconciliation and restoration and hope and to let the light shine. And that reminds me of a song from childhood, and I know y'all know it. So I'm going to invite y'all to sing it with me. 
This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Amen.